welcome to Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Emma. And today we haven't got Tash with us because Tash is feeling really poorly. She's feeling really shit. But never fear. <laughs> but we had a little brainstorm and we uh, brought in our mate Tom. So Tom's here to replace Tash. So hi, Tom. Hello there. I'm, I'm, no, I'm no replacement for Tash, but you know. I'll do my best. He'll do. Yeah. He'll do. Right. <laughs> Just before we started recording, actually, I was talking about this with Tom. Um, me and Tom used to be flatmates. I'd totally forgotten this. It, it kind of came back to me yesterday. The flat we used to live in was really rather haunted, wasn't it, Tom? I'd really rather not talk about it, but if you insist on bringing <laughs> it up for the sake of your podcast, then fine. Well, I feel like it's kind of in theme, so... Yes, yeah, there were there were some there were some occurrences. The the thing you guys should all know is that Tom is quite how can I put this nicely? He's a massive pussy. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> oh. Well, you're not you're not you're not a fan of the spooky stuff, are you, Tom? I'd like to know where my sounds are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think that I don't think that sort of makes me a pussy. I think that just makes me normal. I've watched, <laughs> Tom, I've watched horror films with you. There's no denying you're a massive pussy. <laughs> I don't like feeling uncomfortable, which you just made me feel. So thank you for oh. that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Come here and do you a favour. <laughs> hey, this is your debut. This could, this could lead to big this, things, This is Tom. my finale as well. Oh no! <laughs> if you do well, we'll have you back. Uh, yeah, you should definitely be the temp. Honest, honestly, I don't think that's any of uh, my my want to do. Actually, but... oh, have you got a cob on? No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so go on then, Tom. What used to happen in our flat? Because I think it happened more to you. Yeah, we well, there were there were some strange occurrences that happened at the bar. Um, obviously, because Emma, you didn't live there the whole time that you had the bar, and I did. Okay, just to clear things up, I uh, used to own a bar, and Tom was my barman. So yes, slash Ghostbuster. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and massive uh, pussy. No, no, you're very tough. Uh, whatever. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's that's why he's talking about a bar. We, he used to live above. Well, we used to live above a pub. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Um, yeah. So occasionally there would be noises and bangs coming coming around the place. I mean, there was two specific times, and I think I don't know if you were there for both of them, M. I was definitely there when something weird happened once, but uh, you go ahead. Well, the thing, well, the time that I think you were there was we, I think you and I were both downstairs and we could quite clearly hear someone walking upstairs, literally above our heads. And it was like, I don't know, three, four, five footsteps, really clearly. There were no cats upstairs at that point, no dogs. And yeah, it was just some 
some presence walking around upstairs. Do you know, actually, that's just unlocked a memory in my head because I remember being in the pub um, all on my own, doing my shift, and I heard you walking about upstairs and I had no idea um, that you weren't there. So uh, I, I wasn't there. That's you, right. Yeah, you, I remember that. And you just walked in the pub and I think all the colour probably drained from my face and I was like, well... Yeah. <laughs> If you weren't there, who the fuck has been walking about upstairs? And that was more than like two or three steps. That was like somebody was just walking about, you know. So yeah, that happened. And then what else happened? Um, the other, the other thing I remember sort of vividly is that because um, we had the door up the stairs that led you into the flat. And then, obviously, my bedroom around the corner. And I was in bed one day and I heard someone knocking at the door. And this is, like, the middle of the night. Fuck that. And, Wait, and which door was it? The one that you had to go up them stairs for? Or the one that through the door? Was there another one through through the bar? Was well, it the there, there was a there was a door at the bottom of the stairs. And a door at the top you, of the stairs. A door at the top of the stairs. And it was someone knocking at the door at the top of the stairs. And the the bar's been closed for hours. I've been in bed for ages. The alarms are all on. We've got motion alarms and stuff. And so, you know, being being the tough guy I am, yeah. you do what you do in that situation. You hide under the covers? Yes, you do. <laughs> you mean you didn't put a bandana on and jump out and go in with a machete? No, no, you, you, you put your chest of drawers in front of the door and hide under the covers. <laughs> Oh, you moved your chest of drawers. Oh, bless your no, heart. I, I was doing that for effect. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was a so but I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't leave the room to go and find out what it was. No, fuck that. That sounds terrifying. I think I would have moved. So, you know, well done you. Yeah, for... well, sometimes you don't have a choice. No. Um, so I wasn't living there at the time. No. And yet I chose to move in, which is uh, well, stupid. Well, again, som- sometimes you don't have a choice. And I'm pretty sure there was a time that me and you were just chilling, watching TV, I, I think, and something or, you know, someone knocked at the door and I got up because it-, it was like daytime. It wasn't like a weird time for somebody to come and knock at the door. Um, and I got up to go and see who it was. And yeah, there was no fucker there. So that that was fun. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah, and we had um, we actually had a couple of psychics that used to come into the pub and, you know, for a few beers and whatnot. They were really nice. And uh, they said they, they felt that there were, like, little ghost children running around in the pub, which was, which was great. Cause, That's the know, worst kind of ghost. The ghost children are the, the most creepy ghosts. So, yeah, that was fun. Luckily, I don't believe in ghosts, so... No, don't don't you? No, it's all all, expl- all explained by science. I'm sure. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. So, are you going to be the skeptic of the episode today? I don't know. Convince me otherwise. Well, my story is pretty pretty spooky. I'm hoping it's going to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> well, as being a massive pussy, <laughs> it's not difficult. When I was writing it out, I was like, oh, Tom's going to love this. He's going to love that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to on. make sure you tell the story really creepily. 
I won't be listening to this one. <laughs> You're not going to listen to yourself. Becky can't do that, can you, chick? You don't like listening no, I hate to yourself. It. No, I hate oh, my, I, I, my I listen to myself doing the sound check. I sound like a right weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> you can't recognise yourself. You're like, is that how I sound to there's, there's some, there's some There's some weird Australian guy speaking. <laughs> I don't think you sound Australian. Oh, I did a sound check. Did you? <laughs> good night, mate. Yeah. I, sh- I-, I shouldn't. Is have that what you said? Did you say good night, mate? Get the Barbie on. Is that what you said on your sound check? Let's put another shrimp on the Barbie. <laughs> check one two. I definitely don't think you sound Australian. I tell you something though, Tom. I've discovered that Becky has a hidden talent for doing funny voices. Well, is she is she, she going to? Uh... <laughs> Probably not in this Is you going to display this? No, maybe. Maybe at some point. You never know. You can't put the pressure on, you see. She folds under no, pressure. No, it's, it's usually what, always... I in, mean, when, in... when, you, when you say funny voices, what do you mean? I mean, like, she does... Imi- like, she can um, imitate stuff. I mean, not Don't stuff. Don't pick me up to Tom. I bet Tom's really good at stuff like that. <laughs> no, Tom, Tom thinks he sounds Australian. He doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's not all about me. <laughs> oh, I'm poor Tom. You're telling him that he's not Australian anymore and that he's a wuss. He's not Australian. People are going to think he's Australian. Thomas is not Australian at all, in the slightest. I am not Australian. <laughs> everyone everyone just needs to calm down. <laughs> Have a breath. <laughs> just open up, open up a tinny. Listen to a bloody ghost story, all right? <laughs> okay, I take it back. That was quite good. I told you. He's yeah, that, that's my normal voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, Beck, sweetie, it's your turn, I think. I'm going to be fancy this week. I've, I've printed it off just in case it goes all horribly wrong, but I'm going to try and use my laptop and not paper so there won't be a rustle. Before we start, we need to do some shout-outs and maybe we need to plug some of our social media. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to Apollo and Julie, who actually are the first two people that have put a nice comment, well, any comment, but it just so happens they were nice comments, on our Facebook page, and you have no idea how happy it made us. So thanks so much for that. So yeah, cheers, Apollo and Julie. You yeah, thank you very much. We're very happy to see that. Oh, doesn't it? It just warms your heart, doesn't it? It's like, yay, somebody out there likes us. Yay! Good effort, guys. I know. Yeah. Are you still Australian over there? It's just my normal voice. <laughs> it's going to have to take a while to wear off. So, Becky, have we had any emails? No, we haven't. Oh. No, no emails, but... um. I would, um, I would really, really love if if you're worried about it and thinking I don't know how to word it or anything like that. You're not worried that honestly, we haven't got any emails, so no matter how you word it, it's going to be read out on the podcast, isn't it? And it's going to make our <laughs> bloody day. Yeah, I would be so happy, so so happy. Um, the email address, just to remind everyone, it's chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. So any ghost stories, murder stories. Or just weird and wonderful stories. We'd love to hear about them. We want to hear them, guys. We definitely do. Um, and I've been a busy bee. I've made us a Twitter, which is hilarious because I've got 
no idea how Twitter works, but I've been doing my best and hashtagging and tweeting. So could you please follow us on Twitter? <laughs> Just make me feel a bit better. And it's at S-C-S-K underscore pod. And that's all in capital letters. And that's our Twitter. And we're also on TikTok, which is, I mean, God, talk about being <laughs> hip and cool. <laughs> so our TikTok account is S-C-S-K underscore podcast. So yeah, if you could follow us there, just show us a bit of love because I'm trying my best with all this social media and I haven't, I haven't got a fucking clue what I'm doing, but I'm trying my best. I'll, I'll help you with TikTok too. I'll, I'll try and get a bit more time to help you with at least one of them because... I, you know, I'm just doing the emails, which is the easy one at the minute. <laughs> yeah, we, um, I'm going to give you the loggings on Twitter and uh, TikTok. And yes, everybody can join in. Tom, do you fancy doing a TikTok? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> and uh, of course, we're on Facebook. So just um, look for Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. And there we are. You can find Tom on TikTok on uh, Tom underscore Australian Tom at TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just me doing some witty banter. Right, um, right. My story centers a lot around Craigslist. Have you heard of it in America? Craigslist. So, is that a bit like um, Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace? Yeah, I think basically. Yeah. In October 2011, a 48-year-old Scott Davis was on Craigslist. He was a little down on his look. He um, had just got out of a relationship and was feeling a bit down. He wanted a change of scenery and then started looking for opportunities on Craigslist, where he came across the following post. So this is the post that he found. It says, wanted, caretaker for farm, farm, simply watch over a 688-acre patch of hilly farmland, feed a few cows, you get 300 a week, and a nice two-bedroom trailer. Someone older and single is preferred, but we will consider all. Relocation is a must. You must have a clean record and be trustworthy. This is a permanent... That all sounds pretty straightforward. Yeah, the whole someone older and single is preferred is a little bit weird, but... Yeah, a bit, a bit of a... There might be flag. other reasons why. But not Yeah, too I suppose much. if you're on a farm, you can't be going to pick up sick, sick kids from school and everything every five minutes. No, okay. Um, yeah, I think that's why. This is a permanent position. The farm is used mainly as a hunting preserve, and it's overrun with game. What are they it's, hunting? Mmm... It has a stocked three-acre pond, but some beef cattle will be kept. Nearest neighbour is a mile away, which is little... This is the part of the ad where I was a bit like... Mm. The place is secluded and beautiful. It will be a real getaway for the right person. A job of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Look at they're selling it. They're selling yeah. it. Sounds nice. It depends how long your life's going to last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Um, Don't be pessimistic. It could have a good outcome, Tom. You never know. Yeah. Uh, do, do you know what the name of this podcast is? <laughs> <laughs> if you are ready to relocate, please contact ASAP. Position will not stay open. Include name, age, phone number, and email, please. 
That is it. Okay. Obviously, that's pr- that sounds pretty appealing to a lot of people. A lot of people applied for this job. I mean, I'm down. Um, I'm down. So not just, uh, yeah, not just Scott Davis. A 58-year-old ex-Navy man called Ron Sampson also applied. Uh, he had been working in construction where he'd been injured and he wanted to find a job that was a little bit more free and laid back. He got called for an interview where he met a middle-aged stocky man with a scraggly pirate beard who introduced Very himself explicit. as Jack. Yeah. As Jack? As Jack. <laughs> Classic pirate um, name. Yeah. He wouldn't get the job, but Aww. he would later realise what a blessing in disguise that actually was. Oh. So, back to the guy that we spoke right at the beginning. Scott oh, the Davis. The suspense. The suspense. The suspense. It's burning. So, Scott Davis. This sounds like the beginning of a really good, like, horror film, like, The Hills Have Eyes, kind of. This would make a pretty good film. It's horrible that it's real, but it would make a really good film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this guy's chances. No. Oh, come on, Scott. I'm rooting for you. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, go on, Scott. Go, Scott. Scott Davis is the lucky one that got the job. Oh, was he? Oh, the suspense! Dot, dot, dot. He packed his belongings, all of his clothes, tools, stereo equipment... And his Harley Davidson into a trailer, hitched it onto his truck, and drove to southeast Ohio. He told everyone that he was moving in part to take care of his mum, who lived outside Akron or Akron. I don't know. It's in Ohio. And and whose house was falling apart. Moving back at home at his age was not really something that he wanted to do. So this job that he found online was perfect. Didn't want to help his mum out. Yeah, no, this job would bring him closer to his mum. I had a look on Google Maps and I think they're about an hour and ten minutes away, whereas before he lived a long way away from his mum. Yeah, Tom, you're so judgy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it back. Take it back. <laughs> my, my, my mistake. He sounds like a stand-up guy. <laughs> Day, uh, Davis had all, all, also had this interview with a guy called Jack, who gave him the job. So... Before he left, Jack had reminded him in an email to bring his Harley because there was plenty plenty of beautiful rural roads to put-put in. And what is that? What's put-put? Put-put. To put-put. To go put 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 Yeah, like that's that. it. That's it. Put-put. Okay. Do you have to know about bikes to know what that is? Well, I don't know about bikes, but I know what a put-put is. All right, okay. Is it just me drive around? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, you just just go for a pop up. Because I was, <laughs> I mean, it's a stupid thing to say. Just to be just, clear, just 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 pop up, pop up around those rural roads. <laughs> but 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 like that. I was thinking of like a putting green, so not the same thing. Ah uh, no, no, you'll think you're putt putt, <laughs> not not put put. <laughs> My mistake. Right, so it's Jack, easy, easy mistake. Jack had to had arranged to meet Davis in for breakfast in a Shoney's restaurant in Marietta. So this Jack man, this big belly Jack, brought his sixteen year old nephew along with him. 
for the meal and for the ride. Jack quizzed his new hire about what he'd brought with him in the trailer. And Davis boasted that his trailer was full from top to bottom. That was a quote. After breakfast, Davis followed Jack and his nephew to a large car park where he left his truck and trailer to be picked up later. Jack had told Davis that a small road leading to the farm had split and they'd have to repair it before bringing the the truck up. Convenient. And how does... What does he mean by a road split? An actual crevice? I don't know. Like in the the World End films, you know, where a big crack appears. I don't know, do I? I don't, I'm not a road expert. <laughs> um, well, so anyway... You, you know what a crevice is. <laughs> oh, I don't like that word, crevice. That's a horrible oh. word. Makes me it's think... A, it's, it's, it's a moist burgundy crevice. <laughs> <laughs> Pack that in. It, no. um, crevice reminds me of like really dry, scaly, scabby heels. Like amethyst heels. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, let's not amethyst. go through that again. They've been driving for about 15 minutes and the paved road gave way to a gravel road and then a gravel road to dirt road. Just a little bit of exclamation, extra well, information I mean, for you there. No, it's good. The detail, we know we're getting the sticks. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. in the woods, in a really monkey road now. It's not road for putt-putting. No, gravel's no, no good for putt-putts. No. Uh, they'd been driving for about 15 minutes, uh, and then, they, yeah, we got to the dirt road while Davis was looking at his phone and seeing the signal strength bars on his cell phone just gradually disappear. Oh, shit, man. That's mm. not good. Nope. This is a, this is a horror movie. It is. Uh, on a densely wooded hill, Jack told his nephew to pull over where we got that deer last time. Tom, uh-huh. can you do that in a in a Ohio accent? Okay, right. Well, um, we got that deer last time, <laughs> but I can only hey, do. Hey, that. hey, hey, Jack! Uh, pull over here where we got that deer last time. <laughs> so, something like that. Yeah, it's an American accent. I'm sure they sound like that. <laughs> Thank you. That was brilliant. America, we're sorry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey, Jack, pull over here where you got that deer last time. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't do, that do you southern, wanna, Do you want to be creepy or not? With a southern draw. Didn't you used to live in America, Tom? Yes. Oh. Where did you live? Arizona. No, the address. Oh, oh please, <laughs> please, please, tell tell me how an Ohio accent's supposed to sound. <laughs> I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <clears throat> but it sounded like a hillbilly, so if that's what you were going for, it was good. That's yeah. what I was going for. Well, then it that's was the perfect. Can do. Spot yeah. on. If they did it as a film, I would like it to be hillbilly. Accents. I bet they're wearing dungarees, aren't they? <laughs> that's what I'm imagining them to wear with, yeah. like and, the and play, playing their banjos. Yeah. <laughs> Guppy uh, teeth. Yeah. And then that weird, like, flannelly shirt stuff. Oh, you know, see, the in, my mind, in my mind, they're just dungarees and no shirt. Oh, and just arm hair. Yeah. Underarm hair, no deodorant. That sweet B.O. Years of sweat. And a big hat. Yeah. yeah. 
little bit of straw, straw hanging out in the mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's how we like it. So, <laughs> that last time that you they... Smell, you smell pretty. <laughs> pretty mouth. Yeah, you, you, no, no, no listeners in Austra- uh, in America anymore. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sorry. that deer, that deer they hit last time, that wasn't a deer, was it? No. Well, no, that was, maybe there were was. no deer. Do you know what I mean, Jack? <laughs> Just pull over right here. Why okay, is he voice trembling? I was getting into character there. <laughs> got really into character really, really fast. He said, yeah, pull over where they got that deer last time, explaining to Davis that he had left some equipment down the hill by the creek and then they needed to retrieve it to repair the road. So... Suspicious. What? <laughs> Why would you leave equipment around near a stream? I've just got randomly? some tar. I've just got some I've tar got some- down, the, <laughs> down the stream. <laughs> I just need to go and pick, up, pick I, it I, up. I just, I just had to I just, just wash it off a bit in the stream <laughs> before we put it to repair the road. Yeah. There's a volcano <laughs> down here where I make all my tools. <laughs> <laughs> So Scott, want, um, Davis wanting to make a good impression to his uh, with his new employer, he got out to help. The Scott. nephew stayed in the car. Scott, and also America, the sixteen-year-old nephew was driving. Yeah, but they're allowed to at sixteen in America. But they can't drink until they're twenty-one. But they can drive when they're sixteen. It's sensible. Yeah, well, drinking and driving is not sensible, so I suppose. Was he drinking then? Have I? No, he wasn't drinking. He followed Jack down the hill. When they reached the area where he said the equipment would be, wow, there's no equipment. There was no equipment. No, no tar. What? No volcano. No tar. No steamrollers. No nothing. Well, fuck me. I did not see that coming. Nope. This this guy was a criminal mastermind. Yeah, Jack said he must have gotten confused. Let's go back to the car. You go ahead, Davis. Go on, Scott. You go in front of me. Basically. Oh, no, <laughs> Scott. Then, yeah. So he turned around. To, uh, Davis turned around to walk up the hill. And that's when he heard a click. How how did the click go, Becky? That's like that. One. Yeah, she's Probably. Good at that. She's good at that, Tom. Quality click. Yeah, it's a good yeah. click. You knew what that click meant. And then Jack going, oh, fuck. Like that. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And then uh, he turned around and Jack was pointing a gun at his head. Uh. This is is when Davis realised that what Jack meant by where we got that deer last time, what he meant, and that he was the next deer. Oh, shit. Why did Jack go, oh, fuck? Because the gun jammed. Oh. He was pointing the gun at his head and it didn't fire. So. Ah. So Davis, he then instinctively threw up his arms to shield his face. The pistol didn't jam this time and uh, he heard the crack of a gunshot and felt his right elbow just explode. Oh. Yeah. 
So then, typical horror movie, he started running, stumbling through the woods. woods. Luckily, he wasn't a 19-year-old girl, so he doesn't fall over and break her ankle. His ankle, he just keeps going running, and he hears the gun firing, but none of them hit him after that. He just gets hit in the, hit in the elbow. So Jack isn't a very good shot. Come on, Scott. Come on, we can yeah. do this. He ran deeper and deeper into the woods. Not deeper Ooh. into the woods, Scott. No, no. Not too deep. You will get Where lost. Where else are you going to go? Towards a road? I don't know. Towards the volcano. Well, the, the, problem, the problem is the, ro- the roads all need fixing. This is true. There's, there's no one coming down those roads. I don't think the roads were really broken, Tom. I, I believe they were. <gasps> there was a crevice. <laughs> and I, I, I believe Jack had the things to sort it out. Yeah. And then maybe Scott, Scott got a bit bullshy. Don't turn this around on Scott. It's not his fault. <laughs> I'm not not victim shaming. Yes, you are. He just wanted to go put put. Put put. Yeah. Put put. Put put. He ran and ran until he heard no more shots and he couldn't hear footsteps behind him. Yes. He then stayed hidden in the forest for hours. Go uh, on, Scott. And, yeah, and then the sun eventually started setting. And he was losing quite a lot of blood by this point. Um, so he decided to walk back towards the road and start walking. My fall he, down a crevice? Yeah. No, he couldn't. Shockingly, there was no crevices on any of the roads. So it was definitely a lie. He eventually came across a house and knocked on the door. Please don't be Jack's house. <laughs> it's his <laughs> wife. Oh, no. A kid answers the door and he's like... Um, mum, dad, there's a uh, man bleeding everywhere all over the floor and his hands, arms hanging off. So they didn't believe him, apparently. Oh, no, it was his nephew. It was his nephew, not his son. And uh, they didn't believe him at first and then came to the door and, yes, saw a man really heavily bleeding and in uh, rather panicked. So they uh, called 911. Thank God. Yes. You saw, you saw wonder why they wouldn't believe him. They didn't believe uh, the nephew. Would, would you make Would you make that up? No, they didn't believe the nephew. Keep up, yeah, sweetie. no, no, I understand <laughs> that. Why would they believe? Why wouldn't they believe their nephew? Because maybe he's a little lying shit. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I mean, there's lie. There's lying and saying, "Oh, there's a man here who's bleeding and his arms falling off." Kids make <laughs> stuff up. Anyway. It's a bit of a strong lie, though. Yeah, it is a bit of a strong lie. Yeah, I don't know how long they were saying you're lying for, whether it was just a quick, like, what? And then come into the door. So, Sheriff Stephen Hannum of Noble Country, of Noble County, even, <laughs> arrived about 15 minutes later. He asked uh, Davis what had happened. And he explained about the job, watching over this 688 acre cattle ranch and the man who'd offered him the job had uh, tried to shoot him and had actually shot him. And then he finished his story about running through the woods and then eventually up until he went to the house. And that's when the sheriff went a little quiet and said, well, there is no cattle ranches around here there isn't even any farms it's all forest and bushland and they're all owned by mostly open by um 
mining companies. Oh, so it's all a bloody lie. Yeah. So the police had nothing really to go on much. Shit. Because there's no farm around, they couldn't go and knock around, knocking on anyone's doors. And they don't know who Stringy Beard Jack is. How, how could they not go back and look at like the craziest thing? Uh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'll get to it. Um, okay. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just ruined it. Ruined the <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. He'll get to it in a minute. Um, and they, they look into it a little bit more. Davis kept going on about his Harley Davidson and how the guy who shot him was probably going to steal it. So as the sheriff kind of sized Davis up, middle-aged white guy, puffy eyes, long hair, jean jacket, babbling about Harley, he kind of figured it was maybe a drug deal, drug deal gone wrong. So he didn't really believe him. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And they investigated it a little bit. But it wasn't their top priority. They didn't really put everyone on it. Of course it Which wasn't. I think is awful. Yeah. Anyway. As I said earlier, Davis wasn't the only person to answer this particular ad. More than 100 people applied for this caretaker job. This Jack would carefully sift through the applicants favouring those who were less formal with their emails. Uh, so anyone that sounded a little bit too keen... A little bit desperate, he'd prioritise those people. David Pawley was the first applicant who met Jack's exacting criteria. You nearly said he... Jack Sparrow, didn't you? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> a l- little piratey beard. Yeah. He was um, 51 years old, divorced, and living with his older brother in Virginia. After quitting his nine-to-five job in 2003, Paulie bounced around jobs and couldn't really settle anywhere. Um, Paulie's best friend had moved out to Ohio after his divorce and was doing really well. After Paulie found this job listing on Craigslist, he saw it as the perfect chance for him to get out of the rut that he was in. And also it would move him closer to his friend to start over. So when he got a reply saying that he got the job, he packed up all of his things, all of his NASCAR memorabilia and his model trains. Oh, We had little model trains. Little model trains. Have you seen that guy on TikTok, the train spotter on TikTok, the English guy? Have you seen him? He would be an English guy, wouldn't he? Train <laughs> Just, just what watching those trains going. Puck, puck, puck. He, he is a national treasure. He is fucking adorable. I can't remember what he's called now. Have you not seen him, Becky? The blonde guy. I think guy. I've seen. I think I've seen him, uh, starring on like a Buzzfeed video or something. Oh, possibly. I think he's quite famous. He wears like a little GoPro, and the joy on his face when he sees these trains go by. I expect Paul is the same. I imagine the same kind of sweet demeanor. Yeah. Yeah. So he promised his best friend that he would call him and everything once he got there. Him and his best friend, they spoke a lot. Like, they uh, texted and spoke up to 50 times a day. They were really, like, really best friends. It's what best friends do, isn't it, Tom? Yeah. I wouldn't know, would I? (laughs) (laughs) 
they even got um, these military-grade walkie-talkies so that they could keep in touch. Because oh, damn, that- they're so cool. So, yeah. so nerdy, but so cool. I'm so... I was really happy and smiled when I heard that. He, They agreed to meet up the following Saturday once he'd uh, settled into his job a little bit. And then Paulie also gave his friend this Jack's mobile number in case in case he needed it or in case there was an emergency. So Polly set off and said basically I'll I'll yeah, I'll get in contact once I'm there. And his friend just never heard from him for days. Oh, no. And um Saturday Holy. came Yeah. Saturday came and went and Polly was a no show. So and this was very unusual, like I said. he uh, They spoke a lot, but he thought, well, maybe because this farm, it's a new job, he's probably tired. So and he Paulie eventually... Paulie was the deer, wasn't he? Paulie mm, was the deer. Maybe. So the friend, his friend eventually calls this Jack, who claims Paulie is fine, he's just really busy on the farm, it's a really big farm, it'll take him a while to get used to it. He says, you know, just to say hi, and that he's really, really tired. Weeks, days and weeks go by and he calling him on the walkie-talkie, not getting any reply. And it's just way too strange for this friend to just suddenly drop off the face of the earth. So he eventually calls this Jack guy back again. And by this time, Jack had changed his story. He said that Paulie had left saying that he didn't want to work on the farm anymore, that... He's, you know, it wasn't for him and that he was going to go live somewhere else. This is and, so you know, totally suspicious. Yeah, this friend knew that this was complete bullshit. And uh, also, I, I kind of think if you've got a best friend as that you speak to him as much as that, you'd be like, this guy is fucking weird. I'm going to leave now and I'm going to come and stay at yours. You wouldn't just move back to wherever you was living before without telling your friend or telling someone about it. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't do. You'd have a good bitch to your friend, wouldn't you? Or just some sort of support somehow, saying, oh, I'm not really feeling it, it's not really the job that I thought it would be, I don't know. So the friend knew this was complete bullshit, so he called Paulie's twin sister, and she was really worried because she hadn't heard from him in weeks either. So um, she starts doing some some research and she starts doing some digging and comes across a new news article from a ta- the same town that Paulie said he was going to. It said, the article headline said, man says he was lured here for work, then shot. <gasps> oh. Dun, dun. Dun. Was that Scott? That was, yep, yeah, that was Scott. Uh, immediately she calls the sheriff. And then police are like, oh, well, maybe we should look into this a little bit more. Maybe we Could should be do a our fucking killer, jobs. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we should have looked into this. Maybe it could be a serial killer. Maybe, maybe it was just another another hunting accident. Who yeah. Knows? With all that game running around. So they decided to actually do a little bit more police work and they get the FBI... Specialists get involved to try and find the IP address for the poster on Craigslist. Um, they bring in some cadaver dogs to search the area where Davis was shot. And they 
do a quite a large search and they eventually come across a disturbed area of ground covered in branches and leaves. They start digging and then they see a sock-covered foot sticking out. Oh, poorly. Oh, no, not poorly. Yeah, and this foot was attached to a whole dead person. I think I think he's a bit more than poorly now. <laughs> You're horrible, Tom. <laughs> oh, bless him. But the body was wearing a bracelet with black leather and a silver clasp, which they uh, then decided to call Polly's sister back and she confirmed it was his. The, one of the creepiest bits was there was a freshly dug grave next to this one Ready that was start. empty. Yeah. <laughs> so why were they doing this? Were they literally just doing it to steal the stuff? Uh, yeah, that, I think that was a big part of it. I'll get to it. They do find two other bodies eventually that I'll um that I'll tell you about in a minute. Um so by early the next week they had identified the man in the breakfast meeting footage as a local man named Richard Beasley. Additionally, the cybercrime specialists had uh, received uh, enough information from from the IP address to to find the address of it was a small house in in Akron or Akron I don't know how they pronounce that when the investigators arrived at the house its occupant Joe how would you pronounce it B A I S Bay Bias Bayas Bay Bay you know Bay Joe Bay um he'd never written any ads on Craigslist and he didn't know anyone called Richard Beasley or Jack but when they showed him the picture of him, he, he didn't. The... He didn't know anyone called Jack. No, he didn't know anyone. I, I, I don't. I don't believe him. <laughs> yeah, I know quite. Doesn't, a few Jacks. doesn't know anyone called Jack. <laughs> Seems suspicious. But mm. when mm, when they know that, when they showed him a picture from the Shoney's CCTV, uh, he recognised the man who called himself Jack. But he said. That's not Jack or Richard. He told me his name was Ralph. <gasps> da, 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 another name. So Who is this uh, man? Who is he? He said he was called Ralph. And how did he know him? He'd rented one of his rooms. He rented a room oh. for him in his house. Uh, how um, convenient. Although investigators didn't know this yet, Ralph Geiger was the name of his first victim. Oh. But his real name is Richard. It's Richard Beasley. Which sounds like a Harry Potter character, to mention Harry Potter once again. It does a bit. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back to Harry Potter again. Yeah. Yeah. He he has got a villain name, though. Yeah. Richard Beasley. It's a baddie name. Oh, Beasley. No, Beasley. Yeah. Another Beasley, eh? So Richard, a.k.a. Jack, a.k.a. Ralph was born in 1959 and raised in Akron primarily by his mother. He was briefly married and had a daughter, Tonya, or Tonya, Tonya, that's probably better, who was about his nephew, nephew's age. 
so the nephew uh, that went on his killing sprees with him. Over the years, he worked as a machinist, and but his job record was interrupted by spells in jail. He'd had a few burglary charges and then um, something to do with um, for firearm offences. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll send you, I'll have to send you some photos of him. I've just sent him on the group chat. Oh, no, he looks Look terrible. at that mouth. <laughs> you, oh, do you know, he looks like a, a bullfrog or like a toad or something. Or the, um, you know, in Corpse Bride, the Tim Burton film, one of the dads yeah. has a face like that. Yeah. It is yeah, an upside-down you. <laughs> oh, he's grim, and he needs a wash. Pretty grim. But this, and this is him with his beard. See, he looks more like a Father Christmas to me rather than a pirate. Oh, when was that? Because he's had a wash there. That's at his trial. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you you might have a wash for your trial. Yes. <laughs> I think he, he grew the beard to make himself look more friendly, more Father Christmas-like. Yes, yes, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that first photo is horrible. We'll put it on Instagram. He looks like a, like a frog. It's horrible. Yeah, awful, isn't he? Gross. In February 2011, he was arrested in Ohio for a, ver- a variety of drug-related charges. While he was in jail, investigators were building a prostitution case against him uh, and he was released on bond in mid-July. But after he failed to check in with authorities in Texas, he, where he was still on parole for his earlier crimes, the state issued a warrant for his arrest. Hang and on. He was- they were trying to get him on, on prostitution. Was he prostituting himself? No, he had like a prostitution ring that he was... Um, oh, he almost, he... I was going to say, who the hell would pay for that? <laughs> Pim- pimping ain't easy. <laughs> oh, so he's like a pimp. Yeah, but he owned a house and he was kind of taking in vulnerable people so that he could make them prostitutes, so he could, yeah, so he could pimp them out. He's delightful, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Making them into his little elves. Quite the businessman. Uh-huh. Yuck. Yuck. So, the, so a warrant was out for his arrest and he was deemed on the run from the law. So what Beasley wanted was a new identity and he began hanging, hanging around the local homeless shelter and searching for someone who looked like him. So, and by now he'd come up with the perfect lure for a male victim in the post-recession America. So this was 2011. So that's about right, isn't it? Wasn't it the same here? Yeah, that's, that's, prob- that's probably about right. Yeah. Starting in 2008. Yeah. The recession, so. Did you Google that or did you remember? Just Tom with his knowledge, man. Just yeah. dropping Too- the knowledge. Yeah, Toogle. It, it might not be right. Toogle. That is, who, that's fantastic. Who, who's who's going to call me out on it tonight? Well, we <laughs> no have... One. Well, not tonight, but we do have 34 uh, listeners, Tom, that might call you out on it. Well, I'm pretty, pretty sure of my facts on this one. <laughs> I like that, Becky. Tollage. Ben- Tollage. T- Toogle. Tom is also fun. Yes. 
<laughs> Check out Tom with his tollage from Tool. <laughs> Uh, Tom, 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 just waving his toogle around. <laughs> Stop waving your toogle in my face, Tom. <laughs> we love your toogle. <laughs> <laughs> and that—that's how you get fifty fans. <laughs> so yeah, this is basically where he came up with the job of a lifetime. Thing that's why he wanted to lure in people that were kind of desperate, that were not married, didn't have kids that they saw or that he didn't know about. It's also why, if you remember right at the beginning of the story, that he rejected the ex-Navy man because if he was in the Navy, he probably knew how to defend himself. Ah, see, massive pussy. And apparently other people had been rejected. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> I know that we're not in the same room, but I really felt that you looked at Tom as you said it. <laughs> Even though we can't see each other. I, I, feel, I feel like her eyes were burning a hole in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually tracked Richard and also his nephew, who was called Brogan Rafferty, who um, he had... Brogan. Um, Brogan, yeah. That's Brogan Rafferty. Yeah, so he'd basically... Brogan was quite a, a vulnerable young man and impressionable, so Richard completely took him to the dark side, as yeah. we say. But he still, you know, he still participated willing, willingly in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In November 2012, a jury convicted Brogan Rafferty, on, so, the, so the nephew, yeah. on two dozen criminal... Counts including murder, robbery, and kidnapping. Judge Lynn Callahan told Rafferty that he had been dealt a lousy hand in life, but had embraced the evil and sentenced him to life without parole. In April 2013, Richard Beasley, so Jack, was also convicted of murder and was sentenced to death. Sentenced to death? Yeah. Throughout the trial, he maintained that he was innocent and both Beasley and Rafferty are, compe- are currently appealing their convictions. Ugh. Didn't Scott come back and, like, testify? Yeah, they were tes- Yeah, it all went down in, uh, and he testified uh, against them. Good, good. So how many people, how many people in the end did he kill? Was it just the, well, was it just the one and then the attempted murder or were there more? No, there are more and uh, I'm just trying to find it. So I, don't, I didn't put it in the right place because I obviously was rushing me at the end. I mean, to, to be honest though, I think if you're going to be a serial killer, that's the sort of scheme you want to do. I know. I know. This podcast is. It's not like a bloody serial killer's handbook. How to do things, but it's 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 a it's a good idea if you if you want to be a if you want to be a serial killer. Yeah, that's a, that's the sort of thing you want to do. You just need to get a VPN thing to hide your IP address. No, is that what it's called? A proxy? No, I don't know. VPN. I, th- I think that's a good shout. Yeah. His um, other two victims was Ralph that he pretended to be, that oh, he assumed cool. yes, the identity yes, he of. Yes, yes, said, yep, yep, yep. 
And then his fourth one was a Timothy Kern, who was a 47-year-old street cleaner who had just been fired from his job and was looking for a new job to support his two sons. Oh, my God. Horrible. Yeah. What a, what a piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. Apparently, as well, he said throughout his trial that none of this was sexually motivated because he had a car crash in in the 90s or something. So that doesn't interest him or something. So I don't know if that meant that he... I don't know if he, if he's lost his willy in a car crash or whether... Or it, it just didn't work anymore. Yeah, or maybe he's... I don't know. It I just, hope uh, his willy fell off. I hope it fell off. Yeah. People have done worse things for less. Yeah, well, that's... Sorry, that's, uh, that's the story. Sorry it was... So long. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good stuff. It was definitely horror film stuff, and I'm glad his willy fell off. Yeah, top bloke. <laughs> yeah. So. What a scumbag. So, yeah. Rest in peace, his poor victims. Uh, He's not the first serial killer I've, lo- I've seen that looked like Father Christmas, and I can't place the... Um, was it the Torso Killer or the Times Square Killer? I'm sure he looks like Father Christmas as well. But yeah, fucked up. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of men, once they get a bit older and they want to grow a beard, they can all potentially look like Father Christmas. Sometimes you don't have the choice. (laughs) (laughs) Tom, you're going to be one, aren't you? I already am one. No, you're not. Don't be daft. No, you're not. It is. It's a Times Square killer that looks like Father Christmas. Yeah, yeah, not a serial killer. (laughs) Father Father Christmas. Yeah, I was talking about Father Christmas. Yeah, give it twenty years, Tom will uh, definitely have a kind of Santa look about him. I reckon. That's when I'll get my victims. <laughs> um, sorry, no, no, Santa Claus. Yeah, Father Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Bex. That was great. That was uh, yeah, proper gave me like the Hills Have Eyes vibe. Yeah. Certainly, certainly not getting a job off Craigslist anytime soon. No, no cra- dodgy place. I mean, these pla- the thing is with the internet nowadays, it is like fucking dodgy. You've got to be so careful. You never know who you're talking to. You, you know, I don't know. I only talk to people I know, just in case. Yeah, when I was looking at facts and like researching it, there was found a few sites showing how. Like the list of crimes that uh, had happened because of or through Craigslist, so a lot of fraud, a lot of fake advertising, a lot of um, people getting their cars stolen, or yeah. um, and then well, other people. There was a lot. Sometimes they found as well some murder for hire on there in the past. God. God. Yeah, but I think. Yeah. A couple of episodes ago, you did that Bobby Joe Long, didn't you? And he was um, the classified rapist. So that's kind of like the same gist, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's like the 21st century classifieds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Things yeah, exactly. like Craigslist and Marketplace and... The Marketplace All killer. that sort of shit. That's a future one. No one, no, no one's safe. Stay at home, people. Yeah, never leave. <laughs> never leave your homes. Listen, listen to podcasts. Right, you ready for mine? Mm-hmm. Is everybody worn out now? Have you still got the energy for it? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So this is a spooky one. I think this is probably one of the spookiest ones I've ever done. 
Well, luckily you got the tough guy right here. (laughs) One of the spookiest things I found about it is it's quite well uh, historically documented. So the people in the story definitely did exist and something definitely happened. I'm going to talk about the Bell Witch. Has anybody heard of the Bell Witch? No. In 1804, John Bell and his family settled on 300 acres of land in Red River. It's another, it's another big farm, Becky. A uh, new, a new guy, Jack, who wanted someone to look after that farm. <laughs> so John Bell and his family settled on 300 acres of land in Red River that's now known as Adams in Tennessee. They, over time, turned it into quite a successful farm and were doing quite well for themselves. Their neighbours, however, had not had such luck. The Batts family had endured a tragedy where Mr Batts, who was called Frederick, I think, had had an accident that had left him quite severely handicapped and he was unable to work on the farm. Soon the bills started to pile up and the family couldn't support itself, so they had no choice but to sell some of their land. John Bell saw the opportunity and bought some land at a very discounted price, seemingly taking advantage of the Bats family misfortune, and it does kind of seem that way. He saw an opportunity and he took it. Is that taking advantage? Well, I don't don't know. If you're doing quite well and your neighbour has a really bad accident, which means he can't work anymore and he has to sell off his land, would you go and haggle the price of the land down to the cheapest you could get it? Did it say he haggled the price of the land down to the cheapest it could be? Yes, he he got it at a very discounted price. So, yes, I imagine he went over and he haggled. Okay. So he kind of took advantage of their misfortune. Uh, sensing, obviously, that they were desperate. Kate Batts, so Mr. Batts' wife, when she heard how much Mr. Bell had paid for their land, she was furious, and she said that at some point she would take revenge on the Bells for their selfishness. There you go. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. But the problems didn't end there, Thomas. No, no, they didn't. What happened, Em? (laughs) Please tell me. I will. I'm very curious now. Mr. Bell had bought a young slave girl from Mr. Bat's brother, Benjamin. But thinking the girl too young to be separated from her mother, Mr. Bell decided to let her stay for the meanwhile until she was older. Only when he returned to collect the girl, Mr. Bat's brother, Benjamin claimed that she was now worth more than before and asked for more money. After a lot of arguing back and forth, Mr. Bell sold the girl back to Benjamin, but only for more money than he had purchased her for. Are you with me? Yeah. I Yeah, so Mr. Batts was going to sell it to Mr. Bell for more money, because he's older, but then Mr. Bell sold her back to Mr. Batts for more money. Indeed. Right. So Mr. Bell, John his name is, so John left and thought that that was the end of his dealings with the Bat family. However, what he did not realise is that Benjamin had filed a lawsuit against Mr. Bell for extortion. But of course, back in these days, it's about 200 years ago, communication wasn't that great. So Mr. Bell had no idea the court case existed. So he never showed up to the hearing. 
So, of course, without his presence in court, the jury sided with Benjamin and John Bell was found guilty. Word soon got back to Red River, you know, the gossip mill. Yeah. And eventually made its way back to the church. Even though John Bell protested the verdict, he still got excommunicated. And some believe that this is when evil found its way into the Bell House. To the Bell House. Um, that, that will do it. Bit of excommunication. Kate Batts was a harsh woman. She was outspoken. She was strong-willed, which in those days was quite frowned upon. Her husband, now being unable to run the family, Kate took his place as head of the household. Which? <laughs> <laughs> She was widely disliked by many in Red River and some even suspected her of being a witch due to her unladylike behaviour and some outbursts that she'd had in church. However, no one ever dared challenge her directly as she was quite an intimidating person. What was her unladylike behaviour? Did she not smile once or something? I think back in those days, the fact that she was just outspoken and quite bossy, it just meant she wasn't, unla- you know, she was unladylike. She didn't smile enough or... Kept kept turning children into toads. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, she didn't like flounce about in her pretty dresses. Really, really, really nice gingerbread house. <laughs> my pretties. Kept, kept calling everyone my pretty. No, that was the sex ghost, wasn't it, Bex? Have you listened to the sex ghost episode, Tom? Yes. <laughs> My pretty. pretty little tits. <laughs> yeah, because because what was it? Wasn't Tash Tash quite keen on getting one for herself? <laughs> she was up to a point. Yeah, <laughs> she was quite into it for a while. In eighteen seventeen, John Bell was out hunting on his land when he came across a strange-looking creature, something he had never seen before. It had the body of a dog, but the head of a rabbit. <gasps> Ooh. Fearful of the odd-looking beast, he shot at it. Because that's what humans do, you know? There's an animal, we don't know what it is, let's fucking shoot it, yeah? Yeah, I'll kill it, and then we'll see. Exactly. But when he went to inspect the body, he found no trace of the animal or any blood from it being injured. He didn't mention anything about the animal to anyone as he didn't want to sound like an idiot. I can can imagine. Because it was a huge animal and he missed it when he shot. That's, like. that's not what you open with, is it? You'll never get. You'll never guess what I just saw. <laughs> it was a dog bunny. Yeah. <laughs> and I, sh- I shot him, but he was too quick for me. <laughs> Damn him! Damn that I'll, dabbit! I'll find you. A dabbit. Yeah, a, a dog dabbit. rabbit. A dabbit. I will find you. What about a roggy? A uh, raggy? A raggy. That sounds like a period thing. <laughs> pass me a raggy. It's how Tom would say, pass me my sandwich towel. He'd be like, oh, pass me a raggy. <laughs> when, exactly. When did Tom start having periods? Is it from that massive pussy? <laughs> well, one, one's got to assume. <laughs> Oh, dear Uh, me. He didn't want to frighten his family. However, it is from this point that things start getting iffy for the Bell family. 
In the evenings, the family would hear what sounded like stones being thrown at their house. John instantly suspected the Bats family, so went outside to check each time no one was found on their land. Then the sounds started coming from inside the house. So any su- mm-hmm. So any suspicion of trespassers was ruled out. They would hear loud bangs and animals scuttering around. They would hear scratching under their beds. <laughs> Chains being dragged and loud gulping and choking sounds. Mm-hmm. <coughs> 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 For God's sake, what was that? It was a choking sound. That was disgusting. <laughs> a little bit. But upon inspection, no rats or rodents could ever be found. These noises began to really affect the family as they were unable to sleep, but they chose to ignore it in the hopes that eventually it would just go away. But of course, as to be expected, it did not. In (sighs) fact, it got so much worse. (laughs) One night, their 14-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, was awoken by the scratching and banging noises but as she tried to move, she soon realised that she couldn't. Her hair had been tied in knots round the bed frame, and as she lied there, helpless, an invisible force began to beat her, slapping her and scratching her so hard she was covered in bruises and welts. Oh, how old was Elizabeth? Fourteen. Oh, bless her. I do have a, I have a tiny weeny question. Go on then. Uh, how far were they from each other? Is it like farms where they're quite far away or are they really next door neighbours? No, they're, they're big farms, so they'll be quite, yeah. so quite they are substantially. Quite far. Yeah. You could possibly see the other house, but you wouldn't hear them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, assume, I assume that they were all in one big house. Who? Well, all the Bell family are, but the bats aren't. Right, okay. Why would they be in one big house, Tom? No, not the two families. I oh. mean, just just all the the balls are in the balls are in one house, and <laughs> the bats are in their own house. The bells. What was the, it? What, yeah, about yeah. Balls? Did I say balls? You said yes. balls. Sorry. That's <laughs> yeah, on, on the brain, obviously. It's because you're a man. All I can think of is balls. That's got to. That's got to be it. <laughs> It's ironic I'm a massive pussy. (laughs) With a period. With a period. Or with a raggy. (laughs) So yes, yes, the bells anyway. Yeah. Oh, he's doing that on purpose. (laughs) I want to go to bed too, you know. After her family heard the screams, they rushed to see. They rushed in to see her covered in red handprints all over her body, and it was at this point that the two younger sons admitted the same thing had happened to them and showed that their legs were also covered in hand-shaped bruises. Even after this, Mr. Bell still insisted to keep these invent- events quiet as to not tarnish the family reputation any more than it had been. Did the sons have long hair? No. Okay. Oh, they might have done back in the day. Men had ponytails, didn't they? I was going to say, because, well, yeah, because they could have tied back in a ribbon. Yeah, no, they could have had long hair tied back. Yeah. They thought praying would help, so the whole family prayed and begged for this evil to leave their house. 
This did not have any effect and things began to escalate even more. The slaves that worked at the house began reporting seeing odd-looking animals and birds and even more terrifyingly saying that some could even talk. Elizabeth Bell said she saw a little girl just hanging by her arms on a tree in the garden and then the girl just vanished. The physical abuse, apparitions and noises became more and more frequent and with his family suffering greatly, John Bell sought out the help from his friends James Johnston. Johnston agreed and shortly after he and his family arrived at the Bell's house and began praying with them. Johnston demanded to know the name of the entity. Then they all heard a disembodied voice snarl, Kate. Mm-hmm. Johnston felt that they could not deal with this spirit alone and advised Mr. Bell to ask for the, ask the community for help. John reluctantly agreed. News about the haunting spread like wildfire and soon people from all over were visiting the Bells to see if they could experience anything paranormal for themselves. To begin with, the spirit stayed quiet but eventually could not resist the attention and became very vocal, especially in telling people about its intentions to kill John Bell. Eventually, the news reached Army General and future President Andrew Jackson. He decided to take a few men with him and visit the Bell's house to see the activity for himself. On the way there, one of his men claimed he had bought silver bullets to kill whatever was haunting the Bell's. As the wagon got closer to the Bell's house, the wheels just stopped working and refused to move, despite all the men pushing and pulling as much as they could. General Jackson exclaimed, it must be the witch, and he apologised for the behaviour of his soldier. Instantly, the wheels of the wagon started to move again, and the rest of the journey went without a hitch. The troops were supposed to stay at the house for several nights, but after only one night, they packed up and left. The general supposedly said he would prefer to face the entire British army alone than to stay another night in the bell house. Pussy! (laughs) I wasn't scared. No? No? Strangely, not every member of the bell family was harassed. Lucy, John's wife, developed pleurisy in 1820 and was pretty much bedridden. It's said that the entity would look after her, bringing her nuts and fruit to eat that just appeared out of thin air. Kate would also sing to her. If Kate's the entity, yeah? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, Lucy made a full recovery. Sadly, as Lucy was getting better by the day, her husband John was getting sicker and sicker. He had trouble swallowing and his tongue felt strange. He would get strange twitching sensations in his face and eventually that spread to other parts of his body. Ooh. Mm. These symptoms all seem medical to me, but other symptoms, like his shoes flying off his feet whenever he tried to put them on, remain totally inexplicable. One morning, he was found dead in his bed. There was a strange smell coming from his mouth and a little vial was next to him that smelt exactly the same. One of the sons gave some of the contents of the vial to a cat who died pretty much immediately. They then threw the vial into the fire and it burst into a blue-green flame. Whilst the family was trying to imagine who could have done this to John, the disembodied voice of Kate said, I fixed his medicine last night. He will never get out of that bed again. Ooh. Ooh. 
For the first and possibly only time in history, the death was put down to death by ghost. Oh, oh. cool. Hmm. Death But by Kate ghost. was not quite satisfied just yet. She was present at John's funeral and was heard laughing and mocking the mourners and even burst out into song singing drunken pub songs with glee. <laughs> How sad How are you? fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What song did you sing, dear? What, what drunken song would... It's what a certain girl... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just singing Journey yeah. in the background. It's 200 years ago, it wasn't Journey. Oh, I will walk 500 miles. I would walk 500 more. I'm a witch, I'm a witch, I'm a witch, So, is so it some... some Sort of connection between Kate and Mr. Bell, then. Right. Kate is supposedly Mrs. Bats, yeah? Mrs. Yeah, Bats. I do that. Tom, Tom's not listening. He's not, is he? Mrs. Bats is the wife of the guy who got um really badly injured. Yeah, and he sold his land for more, less than it was worth. Yeah, so Kate's the wife. Oh, I didn't get that bit. Sorry. Okay. After John's death, the haunting seemed to go quiet and some peace was regained in the Bell's house, up until Elizabeth, who's the daughter, had found a boyfriend, Joshua Gardner, and intended to marry him. Elizabeth once more saw the little girl in the tree, who warned her not to marry him. Not wanting to tempt the entity back, Elizabeth called off the engagement and Joshua moved away. The Bell's family descendants are still alive today and they have also reported some strange goings-on, albeit not quite as extravagant. Bob Bell remembers his grandma (laughs) ringing his dad. (laughs) Bob. Bob Bell. Okay, Robert Bell. Yeah. Thank you. Robert Bell. (laughs) Bob, Bob to his friends. Remembers his grandma ringing his dad in a panic that someone could have possibly broken into her house. He went round to check, but no one was found. He did, however, find that every cupboard had been emptied and its contents thrown all around the kitchen. But strangely, nothing was broken. The Bell property has been uh, demolished, but the cave underneath the house is still there and many people visit it to see if they can catch a glimpse of the Bell Witch. One man is said to have taken a rock from the cave and in the next three days that followed, he lost his wife. She died. It's not like she just left him. She died. <laughs> she didn't just get lost in the supermarket. No. no. Okay. His wa- so he lost his wife, his home and his job. Oh, that's hard. So if, when people visit the Bell Cave, they are now told, do not take anything. He could, he, he could have just been a shit human being. I mean, yes, it could have possibly helped. It uh, helped, happened anyway. Another time, two journalists got permission to stay overnight in the caves to do a story for their paper. They did the tour with the rest of the guests and then when it ended, stayed behind and started to explore. They poo-pooed it all to begin with. It was just a cave, nothing to be frightened of. And then they heard a weird groaning noise. And then that was joined with a thumping noise. And the groaning got closer and closer. 
It's dog bit. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the noise a cave makes, said one journalist who was a professional cave explorer. Now, (laughs) (laughs) sounds it. And I know I've I've been in I've been in a lot of caves before. And that's not the sound a cave makes. He has been in a lot of caves because he's a professional... Cave person. No, what's the word? Is it a spunk... Spelunker? Spelunker, that's it. And when I read that, I was like, there's no way I can pronounce that. So I put professional cave... Because you know you're just going to say spunker. Exactly. (laughs) But that's what he was. So he knew caves, okay? He knew what he was talking about. He knew his caves. He knew what a cave sounded like. I know what a cave is. Am I <laughs> No, Becky. Oh. He knew caves and he knew what type of noises to expect. They decided that there was no way they were staying there and as they headed to the gates they heard a horrendous scream coming from behind them. Shaken but still sceptical they thought it must be speakers set up to frighten people. This was after all a tourist attraction meant to scare people. But as they followed the leads, the electrical leads, they only ever led to the electrical lights. When asking the owner of the caves about the noises, he said, I've got no need for speakers. Those caves make enough noise by themselves. And that, my friends, is the end of the story of the Bell Witch Haunting. Nice. I didn't like the little girl hanging by the tree. That kind of yeah, no, that was well, a little bit manky. That's that's little kids and any story like that. It's not great, is it? Mm. No, that's quite creepy. And the first time that somebody's actually been like legally declared dead by ghost. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. What so, did it say? Yeah, there you go. Dead that, by... That's that's like that's like a proper job. Yeah. 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 So I hope you enjoyed well, it. I th- I, th- I think I think we should go and stay in the cave. Uh, well, it's yeah. in uh, Tennessee, so gonna pass. Yeah, hard. Pass. And well, we're in France, babe. Yeah, you go to Tennessee. I was. Do you know what? I was watching um, Ghost Adventures. Do you remember Ghost Adventures, Tom? I'm Zach Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna just let ev- just gonna let everyone else do the work for me. <laughs> just send Aaron in, bless him. Just send Aaron in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I was just trying to imagine us lot doing like a ghost adventures, going to somewhere haunted. It would be. I don't think we'd do it. I don't think we I could. Think, I, I, I think it would be amazing. You would not do it, Tom. You and I'm not sure I'd do it. What I, about? I, I would totally do it. I'd Seriously, I'd really, I'd yeah. scare myself so bad. Have you been in it? Like, um, oh, you know the ghost oh, houses. Oh, oh, definitely be up for it because there is like yeah. there is like a chateau a couple of hours away from here that's apparently really, really haunted, and I do think you can go and stay there. Let's do it. Goes <laughs> from there. Oh, I don't or know. you can make TikToks and oh. you could tweet your heart away. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, guys. I don't know if I want to tempt fate. Well, when you're stopping a massive pussy, <laughs> give me a call. Oh, how the tables have turned. Yeah, give Tom oh, the yeah. man a call. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a tough guy. <laughs> oh, them Australians are. But I mean, I, w- I, w- I won't do it if you guys aren't coming, obviously. Like, 
I don't know. What, if we just do it by myself. I'd, I'd have to bring Ben. We'd have to have babysitters. I'm not going without Ben. Becky, you bring Noel. Oh, is it? yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> or not? Just leave him at home. It's fine. Yes, it's, no. uh, it's 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 not a couple's retreat. Then. <laughs> it was more for protection. It was more for protection. Anyway, I think he'd I think he'd scream well, and scare me more than what I'd be ben, by myself. Yeah, to be fair, Ben, ben probably can, would. Ben, ben can protect us. Yeah, I'll bring my duvet and that'll protect us all. Yeah, everyone under the duvet. Yeah, yeah. Ben, Ben's on the door. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. See if we can go stay there. Podcast live. Do it. Do a do a live. What 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 do youngsters do? A live stream. Should we live stream oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totes my goats. Totes my goats. Anyway, Tom, well done. Thank you. You were a brilliant Natasha fill-in. Although I yeah. did miss the Muttley laugh. Yeah, I did miss the Tash laugh. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can do Tash's Muttley laugh. I think yeah. you should try. Well, I can do a Muttley laugh, on, but... <laughs> Oh, it's like she's here with us. Oh. <laughs> oh. Luckily. Oh, bless you. Tash, I hope you feel better. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, I hope you feel better and be back next week. Otherwise, we're going to have Tom again. I, I hope you're back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tom can't stand more abuse next week. <laughs> Guys, we hope you really enjoyed this episode. We enjoyed making it anyway, as you could probably tell. And uh, yeah, don't forget to uh, follow us, rate, review if you fancy it, share the Facebook page, retweet some of our tweets. Look at me with the lingo. If you follow us on TikTok, I will follow you back because apparently that's a thing. You follow each other. And it'd be cool, actually, because on TikTok, then I get to see your TikToks and we get to know our audience. So yeah. Yeah, and also if um, apparently rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and places like that is the best thing for us. So yeah, so shall we wrap it up, guys? Yeah. Right, until next time. Stay safe. Don't kill people. And keep it weird. Bye. Bye. Bye.